0: I grew up in a Christian home. It was very conservative and quite sheltered. Um, Within that, um, I guess, upbringing and community, I didn't really know a lot about what it meant to be LGBTQ. And because it was a religious based community, I really was only taught that there was such a thing as same-sex attraction and that it was bad. And that's really um, the only thing that I knew of what it meant to be queer. And so growing up as somebody who, um, from the time that I was a little kid, I knew that I was a boy, Um, I, when I would dream, I was, I always felt like I I was a boy in my dreams. And and when we played role-playing games as kids, I was always the dad or the brother or the boyfriend. And I never had the words to describe what that was for me. Um, and so for a long time throughout my life, I just grew up thinking that I was crazy. And as a kid, um, it was sort of accepted for um a while. I think it's easier for people to come to terms with um girls presenting as masculine rather than vice versa. And so um when I was younger, they were able to just kind of chalk it up to like, oh well she's a tomboy. Uh and I think that for me, because that was a, a word that I could identify with, I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure, that's what I am. And that worked, I think, for a while, uh, because gender is not something that is super um like relevant when you're a child anyway. And so that was a label that I I held on to and that I ran with for a long time. Um, And then coming into junior high, um, I realized for the first time that I had attractions for um, a girl that I was friends with. And that's when I first started to realize that this was something that I would have to deal with. It was something that would impact my life, uh, that would possibly impact my relationships. And naturally, I was very afraid. And so I was dealing with both like this stuff going on with my gender and then, uh, stuff with my sexuality. And, and so that kind of took, um, that became the most uh, prevalent thing in my life at that point. And, uh, I really started to struggle mental health wise. Um, I, I it, as a means of coping, I started like, uh, self-harming and really just isolating myself. And um, I didn't tell anybody about uh, the fact that I had a crush on my best friend for a couple of years. And I think that that really caused a sense of um, loneliness and despair as well, because uh, I had always grown up with the same... I had the same group of uh, five or six girlfriends for uh, 10 years. I went to the same Christian school that was this tiny bubble of kids um, you know, for that entire decade. And so to... Um, to change that dynamic or to tell them that I was something other than what I, th- what they thought that I was, was absolutely terrifying for me. Uh, and so it felt easier to keep it a secret. And also because the school that I was going to was very actively teaching, um, that queer identities were sinful. And so it just wasn't a safe environment for me to be, um, totally truthful. And obviously at home, it wasn't really either. And it just, it, it was something that we didn't really even talk about. Um, and then I was faced with a choice of going to high school with them, um, or going to my own, uh, like public high school. And I, I, I'm really glad now that I opted to go to this public high school where there was a diverse range of identities because I don't know, um, that I would have like survived, um, being in the closet for much longer. And so I kind of uh, cut off contact with a lot of those people. And, um, in going to a public high school, it was the first time that I realized that like the identity transgender existed. Um, and it was also the first time that I felt like maybe I could start to express like, um, like my attractions to women as well. And so, uh, in a way, it was extremely relieving to come to that point, but at the same time, it's really daunting because now all of these things that I had put to the side were things that I now had to face. Um, and because I grew up in such a bubble, I was extremely socially awkward as well. So that coupled with um, dealing with all these things and trying to repress my emotions, um, I realized very quickly that using drugs and alcohol would be a way for me to um, I guess, cope with those things and to not have to to really look at them. And so in doing so, that was something that I, you know, like fully dove into to the point that I was kicked out of the school that I was going to. And that happened more than one time. I couldn't keep a job. Um, I, I eventually moved out of my mom's house and was just couch surfing for a couple of years with whoever, um, you know, had the money or drugs to be able to support me and my habit. And I was just sort of, I reached a point where I was like content. It was almost like a a long drawn out form of suicide. I was like, if I, if I died, then that's that. And like, um, I was using drugs as a means of like being able to cope with being alive. Um, and then it reached a point where my drug use uh, got me hospitalized and I was charged with possession of drugs. And I was faced with the option of either go to treatment or have something on my record permanently. And so I opted for treatment. And it was there that um, in this very sheltered environment um, with a bunch of professionals that I was able to finally face myself. And I feel very blessed to have been given that opportunity because a lot of people don't have the opportunity to come out in a bubble. Um, and with Professional help <laughs> and so those were all um, extremely helpful to me, and my counselor just said to me, "We'll try he him pronouns and whatever name you want, and uh, if you if you feel comfortable, then you can keep doing that and it was like a great way to just test the waters and everyone was super supportive and After doing so for a month or so, I was like i can't go back to the way that my life was before and uh, I came out to my family in a family counseling session, I came out to my mom over the phone, and uh, it was really difficult um and for a couple years following it was a lot of like very uh, heavy emotional conversations a lot of denial um arguing and uh that was hard for me because i was always very close with my family and um, Following that process, I just—I remember my mom coming into my room one day, and like she had her laptop open, and she had researched all these things, and she was like, "I've been listening to other people's stories about LGBTQ Christians and like people who had transitioned, and I am so sorry that I." didn't allow you the space to do this. And so from that point forward, um, she's been like my number one support. And I, I continue to like meet people in church settings where once they get to know me and I, I tell these things about myself to them more often than not, it's been met with positivity. And naturally I've had to deal with, um, some things, you know, from some people who weren't as nice or who didn't necessarily agree with the way that I was living my life. But overall, um, it's coming out has taught me something about, um, what it means to really love and be loved, uh, and to really be seen for who you are and valued. And I've, I'm really grateful to have gone through this. Like when I ask myself if I could go back and not be queer, uh, would I, and I wouldn't because it's opened the door for me to like, as a person of faith to really look at my faith and evaluate it in a way that other people haven't and so that's made it so much more valuable and it's also strengthened my relationships because they've been able they've been able to see past this thing that they believe their whole lives because they loved me um and so it's been a really difficult journey um but it's taught me about my relationship to spirituality my relationships with others my relationship to myself most importantly uh, and it's taught me what unconditional love truly means